Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Impact of Influence. Covering true crime throughout the Southeast. Hello, friend. I am Matt Harris, Seton Tucker across from me, and Impact of Influences on Facebook, part of the Evergreen Podcast Company, and we would hope that you would rate and subscribe and comment on the pod, and uh, we also want you to check out the YouTube channel. Easiest way to find that is go to the Impact of Influence uh, Facebook page, and see we're branching out uh, with some cases now that Murdoch kind of comes and goes into our life. Uh, and this is one that's taking place in Lexington, South Carolina, and we will have old friend lawyer Lori Murray on with us in just a little bit to either set the record straight as she sees it from what's been in the media, uh, and break down this story for us. Cause it's been a big deal in parts of South Carolina. The basics of it are, and she, she'll tell us you know, how much of the media reports are true or prosecutors and what they say. But you've got these guys who run Lindler Farms in Lexington, a father and a son duo. Which is just uh, outside of Columbia, South Carolina, the state yes, capital. very close. Uh, and they're in this legal saga. They, they're char- both charged with murder after fatally shooting a guy wielding a machete who had trespassed onto their property, and actually Junior's property. The shooting, though, was at the victim's residence rather than on the Lindler's land, where the trespassing took place and the victim was purportedly disarmed at the time shots were discharged. So this case is going to revolve around South Carolina's stand your ground law, maybe castle doctrine statutes. And Lori will explain those. And it'll be a little weird because both of the people charged with murder have the exact same name, except for the junior senior, Ryan Jordan Lindler senior, Ryan Jordan Lindler Jr. So they do cattle rearing, hay harvesting, that sort of thing. This happened on December 6th when there, there's a the junior was constructing a home on one of their parcels. He gets a security alert on his phone. This is the media reports. Uh, there's a guy with a machete there. The surveillance system shows. That is Kevin Newhouse, we know now, who lives nearby in Saluda Circle. The Lindlers, now take it from here. What do the Lindlers do next, according to the reports? So the Lindlers uh, drive separately to the Newhouse residence, and apparently they had the intention of confronting Newhouse. Uh, There was also some sort of relationship between Senior and Newhouse's father. Now, an altercation ensued, but the details are a little bit fuzzy. According to the prosecution, a witness observed Senior preventing Newhouse from entering his home. Now, the defense countered, uh, they were claiming that Newhouse swung a machete, and this resulted in injuries to Senior's hand and Junior being bitten by a pit bull. Hmm. Now, subsequently, Senior disarmed Newhouse, and Junior discharged multiple shots, uh, as per the prosecution's account. Now, a witness purportedly overheard Senior instructing his son to shoot Newhouse. 
which led to his murder. Yeah, that then led to the both being charged because one shot the bullet, you know, shot the guy, and the other one because he said, "Shoot him, shoot him." Allegedly, uh, he was charged well, and the, the witness, one of the witnesses, there might be more. We'll find out from Lori if there's more. But Newhouse's mother had to see this whole thing. It happened in her yard because I, I believe Kevin lives there. Uh, she said she has profound anguish over her son's demise. Also said she has concerns for her safety should the Lindlers be granted bail, which we'll find out later they will. But they are supposed to stay away from her house. Newhouse, being at his residence and under perceived threat, would have been in his legal rights to use the machete in self-defense. So even if he did swing the machete, if he did have the machete, he should. should be you have the right to defend yourself on yeah. on your property. We're going to have to sort through all this, but despite the gravity of the charges, the defense staunchly maintained the innocence of the Lindlers, portraying them as law-abiding citizens who promptly contacted law enforcement, cooperated with authorities, and surrendered their weapons upon the police's arrival. And this comes kind of full circle to Murdoch because Eric Bland is involved. Yes, uh, Eric Bland and his partner, Ronnie Richter, are representing uh, the father, Ryan Senior, Sr., <laughs> um, and they are assisting in the defense of the son. Junior. Junior. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Who is being represented by... Gil Bell. And uh, there was a bond. Judge McLeod, December 15th. The courtroom was packed, they say. With well, mainly people. for the Lindler family. Yeah. And what was the uh, surety bond? It was $150,000. Mm-hmm. They need to be 10%, and then they were released from county jail. Now, the person who has it all figured out is uh, our guest, Lori Marie, is also lawyer Lori which is a hell of a hard time for me to say sometimes. <laughs> That's exactly why I did it. Just to, just to <laughs> I, make I suspected me. that. I was like, did you do this just to mess with all of us? <laughs> yes, exactly right. Well, hey, we're in speech therapy for our L's. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Well, great having you on. Thank you uh, for, for uh, spending some time with us. I do appreciate that. Um, so Thank you, Kevin. This uh, December 6th, walk us through what happened on December 6th. You know, we've read the articles about the Lindler father's son uh, being charged with murder of Kevin Newhouse, who you are working with his mother, I, I, I think, right? I've met with his family. I, oh. I'm missing his brother. I didn't get to meet with him, but I have met with his sister, his mom, and his niece, and his father. Okay, so tell people what happened on December 6th. Well, honestly, I think it depends on who you ask. Obviously, there's okay, you know, yeah. Good point. <laughs> there's the defendant side of the story, and then there's the eyewitness side of the story, um, which is unfortunate because his mother was actually present whenever he was shot, when Kevin was shot. Um, so We're breaking for her. I mean, that's it's it's yeah, unbelievable. It truly is. It really is, and it's you know it's been difficult from her for her ever since she suffers from PTSD as a result, and uh, you know. A lot of times PTSD is hidden underneath the surface of a person's personality, but I can feel this from her. Um, this was extremely traumatic. Of course, it had to be. And we gave a little synopsis of the story before uh, you came on, Lori, but to give us a, a better idea of what might be different than what we're reading, let me go straight from the Post and Courier Caitlin Ashworth article, then you can straighten it out here. Uh, So I'll I'll read directly parts of this article. The father and son who run Lindler Farms in Lexington are facing murder charges for shooting 
a machete welding man who trespassed into their property. The shooting was at the victim's home, not on the Lindler's property where he allegedly trespassed on. And the victim was disarmed when shots were fired, prosecutors said. Okay, so it goes on to say that Ryan Jordan Lindler Sr. and his son Ryan Jordan Lindler Jr. From now on, we'll just go senior and junior. Uh, junior was building a home on one of their properties December 6th when he got an alert on his phone from a security system. It was a man holding a machete, security cameras revealed. It appeared to be Kevin Newhouse, a man who lived nearby in Saluda Circle. Further down in the article, the father and son drove separately to Newhouse's home, and apparently Ryan knew, I'm paraphrasing the article, Ryan knew Newhouse's father and was going to confront him. An altercation ensued, but what exactly happened is still unclear. A witness saw the Ryan, I guess the senior, walk around the yard, preventing Newhouse from going inside his home. Newhouse swung the machete. Senior's hand was cut, and Junior was bit by a pit bull, is what the defense claimed. Uh, Senior took the machete, and Junior fired multiple shots. One witness heard Ryan tell his son to shoot. There, that is from the Post and Courier and many other publications and news outlets had the basic same stories. I'm not picking on the Post and Courier, uh, Lori. But what can you tell us about what I just read there, about that report, what is accurate, what is not accurate, what is misleading? Let me pick it apart a little bit. You know, the the facts that they've alleged is that they, they came to the house directly. That's not exactly true. Uh, uh, Mr. Newhouse was on his property. There's no doubt that he was there. And I look forward to seeing the the video from that, from the security cameras, but he was there. He did carry a machete. This is not exactly the safest of neighborhoods. He also enjoyed clearing brush in the back. Um, he was not working at the time. So that was kind of one of the things he did to get out of the house was just to go back in the backyard and clean some brush out of the, the woods there. So he always carried a machete. That's the thing. Everybody in that neighborhood knows and has seen him carrying that machete. Uh, he's never hurt anybody with it. He has never, approached anybody with it and there was never a threat of harm to anybody so that's pretty important was, not to interrupt you but that's pretty important yeah. because if you only read the newspaper it sounds like if you don't know anything about the area you don't know anything about this guy it's you are like why is this why dude is this wandering around you, with a machete yeah, you picture that, a yeah. horror movie you picture yeah. a horror movie <laughs> with with a guy in a mask walking around with a machete it's super dangerous what? kind of thing but so that sheds a lot of light on it thank you yeah okay that makes sense now okay uh, that's one. I would also encourage you to Google a machete because in my head, a machete is a massively big yes. knife. It's not that big. It it has a horrible connotation to the word, but it is not as big as you might think. So might might want to Google that. But anyway, back to that. He was down at the house. Mr. Lindler Sr. came to the house where he was, came to Junior's house that was building in progress. Uh Mr. Senior, I, I imagine some kind of altercation took place on Junior's property, wherein Senior disarmed Mr. Newhouse. When Joni, who's Newhouse's mom, Kevin's mom, came up to the front door uh, because somebody rang a doorbell or knocked on the door, I'm not sure what happened. But when Joni came to the door, Kevin was standing there with Lindler Senior. And Kevin was not armed at that time. Lindler Sr. 
was carrying a stick. There is a picture uh, of Lindler holding a stick. I think that Eric Bland described it as a half a broomstick. It's not a half a broomstick. It's bigger Wait, than that. This is Lin Lindler Sr., right? Holding the yes, Lindler okay. Sr., yes. And it, it's bigger than a half a broomstick, and it does appear to be metal. I think they were using it as kind of a cattle prod, maybe, uh, just to help move cattle along. Okay. But he kind of walked Kevin down t back to his house using that stick to guide him, like as, as if he was an animal. And once they got to Kevin's house, they did, I think, knock on the door, and that's when Kevin's mom came out. Kevin's mom addressed Lindler Sr., you know, asking what's going on. Lindler Sr. said he wanted to speak to Kevin's father, who had just left for work. And so he was not there. So Joni, Kevin's mom, talked to Lindler Sr. and said, he told her that Kevin was trespassing, and she said, well, you're trespassing now. You oh. don't need to be here. Kevin then did try to come inside the house. Lindler Sr. would use that stick to prohibit him from free movement. So he's well, going in his own house. Inside. Going in his own and house. Going into his own house. Correct. Well, and let me just set for the listeners that uh, the age of, of uh, senior was 52 and Kevin Newhouse was 26. Okay, so, so you just know, cause I, when you say, I want to talk to your dad, you, you think of a true, like a teenager. I actually, I think he was 36. 36. Oh, 36. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, okay. Yeah. So the, I, so how far is the walk? Or like how far is the property difference approximately? You don't have to drive have, it. You can walk it. You can walk it. They're, you know, neighbors down the street. Because early, you know, the one report says, talks about them driving over to that. So, okay. Let's talk about one of our sponsors. It is Factor. You can eat stress-free this spring with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh meal is never frozen and it is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved. Uh, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, and they are ready in just two minutes. What did you have chili the other day? Delicious. And if you want gourmet meals, you can try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, asparagus. So head to factormeals.com slash impact50 and use code impact50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code's IMPACT50 at factormeals.com slash IMPACT50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. IMPACT50 at factormeals.com slash IMPACT50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So the, 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 the senior takes the machete or gets the machete from uh, uh, the from uh, Newsom Newhouse, I mean, yes. But then guides him back to Newhouse's house, where his mom also lives, prodding him with a stick, prodding with a stick, but won't let Newhouse mm -hmm. into the house. Correct. Okay, so and then when I, when they say driving, just so you know, when they say driving, they did not live in that house, so they had to come from their homes to uh -huh. the property. Okay, so okay. that's what that's why they were driving. So. You know, the pictures from that I have from the scene, because Joni took pictures after Kevin was killed. So the pictures that I have, there is one truck there in front of her house. That's one truck. And that is Junior's truck. Because it says so, in the other, they, they drove separately, but that may not be yes, true. Yes, they did drive separately. They did. Lindler Sr. drove from uh, drove to Lindler Jr.'s house. That's oh, where oh, he okay. confronted Kevin. That's why his car's okay, at, so that, at Kevin's residence. I got you. So the trucks were two different 
like, you know, down the block or whatever it was. Right. And I think that whenever I initially read the story, I thought like you did that, oh, they saw him on the camera and then they went and knocked on his door to address him and talk to him about it. Yes. And that's, that's not how it happened. Yeah. Okay. There's not a gap in there. They're, they were in constant contact. Lindler Sr. had him and walked him back from that property to his own home and refused to allow him to enter his own home. Hmm. Did, do we so, know why, why he's saying he would not allow him to go in the house? I don't, you know, he kept talking about um, him trespassing and wanting to speak to his father. And at some point, Kevin started walking towards the back of the house when Senior wouldn't let him go inside. So Kevin started walking towards the back of the house. And, you know, I don't know how long this conversation lasted. I don't think it was very long. Um, but he, I know Mr. Lindler Senior was talking about how he had known Joan, Kevin's father. She, Joni okay. said that he made it sound like she, he knew them, but they did not know him. I think they bought pine straw from him one time, a very long time ago. Uh, but they weren't friends. They didn't, they weren't even acquaintances. They just knew who they were, I think. So the, the, the incident occurred in the backyard after he walked around the side of the house. The senior calling the son or is the son coming because he sees it on the security the camera? Son's, I would imagine, and that, that's something that'll have to come out and try, but I imagine that the Security camera went to the son's phone. Son probably called dad and said, because he's closer. Okay. And dad, you know, came to the scene first. Junior then arrived on scene. They Junior arrived on scene. I think they had done almost a complete circle around the house. And Junior arrived on scene and Kevin started walking back again towards the backyard. And that's when the big confrontation happened. The new house must get the machete back, at least according to this, or no? No. No, oh, okay, so that's what that is a little bit confusing, in the way it it's is. written. It sounds so. Whenever the, did he did he cut his hand with the machete, or is that not even true? I I think there is a little um, a li it might be a little wound. So Mr. Lindler Senior is wearing electrician style gloves. So okay. if there is a cut, you don't see it. I can tell you by looking at them after after the murder. This is. They, they did not require medical treatment. They okay. did not seek medical treatment. There is no visible blood on them from any cut. And by the time they get to Newhouse's home, he no longer has the machete. Joni never saw the machete in his hand. Okay. And what is Joni doing during this whole confrontation? Is she still in the house or is she outside? She came outside and kept trying to get Lindler Sr. to leave and telling him that he was trespassing. And... She followed them to the backyard and some kind of discussion was going on about him coming down to their house. And I think he had been on the property before. So, you know, Kevin may have trespassed, but I'm not sure the last time I've seen somebody get the death sentence for trespassing. Right. And so but, there's this altercation. Right. Junior shows up. Senior. Junior shows up. And, uh, and Kevin are back. You know, they're arguing and whatever they're doing. Kevin did not say a word. Maybe. One sentence when okay. Joni first came to the door, um, but he did not say another word after that. What's the pit bull have to, who, is any, does that have to do with anything? That, no, it has nothing to do with anything. After the murder, after they're standing out on the street waiting on the police to get there, they have a pit bull that is tied up in the front yard and it was asleep. And Lindler Sr. started walking over and agitating the dog and the dog came up and started yapping at him. I don't know that he ever bit him, but if he did, it was after 
the murder. Okay, that's important because if you just kind of scan the articles, it sounds like this pit bull's around, you're like loose, and is part of the altercation, but that's not the case. That's not the case. Okay. It was not part of the altercation at all. When they were standing in the backyard, uh, Joni, Kevin, Lindler Sr., Lindler Jr. arrived on scene, walked up behind Kevin, had him in a headlock. I, he must have had the gun in his hand the entire time, but he grabbed him in a chokehold and, you know, a headlock. And Lindler Sr. said, let him go. So he threw him on the ground. Okay. And Lindler Sr. said, shoot him. And he did. While he was on the ground? Yes. Without a weapon? Without a weapon. Not even one in reach. How does that work legally? If 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 somebody out, if, if someone tells you, like I tell Matt, hey, you know, shoot Dwayne, and you do it. Yeah. Sorry, Dwayne. Yeah. Like who are they? So the, <laughs> are they both equally equally culpable for the murder? Yes, they are. Yes, that's a conspiracy to commit murder. So the the defense, I assume they're they're going to go with some sort of self-defense or they are going with self-defense which is an interesting choice with an unarmed man but they are going for for self-defense and not only that they're going on self-defense on another's property and this comes in under the stand your ground law this is south carolina codifying self-defense the difference between self-defense and stand your ground is that for self-defense you have a duty to retreat if possible Stand your ground means that you do not have to retreat. You have to be in a place where you're lawfully allowed to be. You have to reasonably fear for your own safety of great bodily harm or death. And a reasonable person in the same situation would reasonably fear for their own safety or death. Now, you take the right. He had no right to be there because Joni had asked him to leave, told him he was trespassing. He did not leave. So he doesn't have a right to be there. And also, you have two grown men who are one of them, one of them at least is armed. The other one has a stick in his hand and you have an unarmed victim who Mm. is on the ground. So how can you reasonably feel from your safety when there are two people and you're armed and the person you are fearful of is on the ground with no weapon. And so uh, the, uh, you mentioned there's some security cameras. Is it a security camera? Was there any security cameras in the new house? Unfortunately not. Okay, no. so, so it's just on the, on the Lindler's property. It's on the Lindler's property. Yes. So the witnesses to this are Kevin's mom and the senior and junior Lindler's. Correct. Do you, who placed the nine one one call? Uh, I believe that Junior did, but I am not positive. After about the that. fact. After the fact. So there was no call made saying someone is trespassing on our property. No. Um, and there is, you can see the machete is in the back of the truck. So, you know, when they're waiting on police, I believe the machete is in the back of the truck. And, you know, if they were no longer fearful of their safety or if Kevin had it with him at the time, you know, why pick it up from a dead man? Well, how does why, it? Why? Yeah, because they're going to say that he, was, he had it and he was swinging it or something. Yeah. They are trying to say that, yes. But how, he did not have it. How do uh, self-defense laws work? Uh, on your own property versus someone else's property? Uh, on your own property, you have a you have a greater ability and the castle doctrine, but it's the codifying of the castle doctrine. There's a proximate cause uh, issue too with self-defense. If they are on their, 
the other property for an illegal purpose, then you have to show that the illegal purpose it was directly related to the offense itself. But you know, being on someone else's property is not much different. It's just that you have a lawful right to be there. Do we know how many shots? Four, four wounds, I can tell you that, and I don't think he missed any. Um, there were there was one shot to the head, which was the first shot, so why continue to shoot it after that? But that was the first shot. Two shots to the lungs and one shot to the back. And that, and so the police report shows him on the ground? Like, that'll be able to prove that he was on the ground? I think when they got there, he was still on the ground, and I know that, you know, sadly, the family... The the investigators in the sheriff's department of Lexington County did not provide them with any crime scene cleanup. Oh, oh. my goodness. And mm-hmm. I, okay, so I read in here, and maybe the mother is the witness because they mention, she uh, is. where did it say? It mentions a witness, but maybe it's the mother they're talking about because they say, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, one witness heard Ryan tell his son to shoot. That would have been Joni. There were there wasn't another witness. I think that okay, saw so a little bit of it. Okay, so there's only we're sure there's only this those three. Yeah, and and Joni said, you know, that senior looked at Junior and said, "Shoot him." Because it's interesting because they, you know, in the in the articles, it keeps saying a witness saw Ryan rock around the yard. A witness said this. A witness, but that it's the mom. Who you wouldn't want to identify a witness. Okay. Okay. And that's another thing that brings us to you know. One of the things about the PTSD is, you know, fear for your own safety. But Joni is also dealing with fear for your own safety just because this murder occurred, but also because she is the only witness. And there are people riding up and down that street a, a lot. So there is camera footage. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of traffic on there. And unfortunately, the Lindlers come from a very known family in Lexington. The courthouse was packed for their bond hearing. Yeah. I mean, when I say packed, it was overflowing. So the new houses are very underrepresented in this. They don't have the power and the power behind their name that the Lindlers do. And when this bond hearing occurred, Joni had COVID and couldn't even go to the bond hearing. Ugh. But we had information that would lead me to think that it's possible that the Lindlers have been riding by their house. And I would like to see that investigated because that would be a direct violation of their bond. But I called the investigator on the case, left a message for him, called the solicitor on the case. He referred me to the investigator. Uh, nobody's called me back. Because they, they're they supposed to stay 300 yards away, right? I, with There is no other reason. This is like a dead-end street, so there's no other reason for them to be on that oh. street. Oh, it's a uh, dead end. Okay, yeah, it's good. It's a Saluda Circle. Yeah, so I guess that it blocks, says yeah. Circle, but it's blocked off. But I mean, it, yeah, you you're not going anywhere. Through. Yeah, you're not going. You're not going to do a circle. Um, is there anything scheduled? What's the next uh, step? There is nothing scheduled. They'll have to schedule a hearing to have the stand your ground. I assume that they filed the motion instead of just spouting it in the media. But um, I'm not positive it's actually been filed. But either way, they have. If it hasn't been filed, they'll have to file the motion. Uh, and then a hearing would be scheduled on the motion. I just can't even imagine I mean, the mom witnessing all that. That's no, it's horrible. She it was five feet away. Horrible. Um, but well, I want to. I want to be t- clear too. You know, because I talked about Eric Bland's representation because he kept saying that he represented both of them, and 
I don't know if that's a lack of understanding of criminal law, but it's really unethical to do that. Uh, you would have to have a very tight consent to represent the co-defendant and a conflict waiver in your file. But I did talk to his co-counsel, which is Gil Bell, and Gil Bell assured me that Eric does not represent both clients, even if he talks about assisting in the representation, he does not represent Junior. They have a joint defense agreement, which allows them to work together on certain things, but Eric Bland is not taking care of Junior. That is solely the responsibility of Gil Bell. When he talked about representing both on court TV and in both of his press releases, that is false. Gil Bell is of the Moore, Bradley, and Myers law firm. Correct. And he's, and he's an actual, I mean, he's a defense attorney. Because there's obviously a conflict with these, you know, it's going to, I'm thinking, going to be debated about exactly what the father told the son. I don't know that they disagree with that. I think the only issue is going to be whether or not Kevin was armed at the time and whether they disarmed Uh, him right then. But even if you did disarm him, if you've taken that machete away, then you've taken the threat away. Well, also, I would would ask this, and I don't know, would this come up? Um, They've got a gun. He's got a machete. Even if he's swinging it around, right, they have the ability to Mm -hmm. get in their truck and leave. But again... This is what Stand Your Ground does. It takes okay. away the duty to retreat. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. gotcha. Okay, right. cool. Excellent. Right. You broke it down for us. Yeah. Um, but you do have to be in a place where you're lawfully allowed to be. And oh, once Joni Newhouse said, you are not supposed to be here, you're trespassing, they should have left the property at that point. And again, this is, you know, once they have disarmed it, and I believe that they even have admitted that they disarmed him. So once you've disarmed oh. him, there's literally no threat. There is no threat at that point. Mm. And uh, we believe that it occurred much sooner than when they said, like I said, Joni will tell you that she had never saw Kevin holding a machete when they got back to her house. So she, they, so it's possible that he, he, they took the machete. Uh, he took the machete when he was at the, the house that they're building and then walked him back yes. with a stick. And then yes. things happened from there. And I mm. fully believe that Mr. Lindler was probably armed at that time. Uh, I don't know how he would have disarmed Kevin in a in a hand-to-hand combat situation because, again, Kevin was 36 years old. But, um, but I mean, I, anything's possible. He certainly didn't show a gun whenever he got back down to the house. But either way, maybe Kevin just threw the, gun, the machete down. I don't well, yeah, know. Well, I mean, it's possible that the, the guy says, hey, give me that machete. And he's like, oh, okay. You don't know. I mean, yeah. we don't know, right? I, yeah, no, and Kevin was not a violent person. Um, but either way, I know he is—he was not violent that day. I know he was unarmed that day. I know that Joni asked Mr. Lindler Sr. to leave. I know that Ryan came up behind him and grabbed him in a headlock. I know that Lindler Sr. said, let him go, and Ryan threw him to the ground, and Lindler Sr. said, shoot him, and he did four times. And, and uh, that's murder. The, the Lindlers will be on home detention with a GPS ankle monitor. And they're supposed to be 300 yards away from the victim's home. So, um, yes. Uh, Lori, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again, Lori. Okay. Bye. 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 Here she goes. We will uh, keep following up with that uh, as things break. Interesting story, comments, questions, uh, impact of influence on Facebook. And uh, please rate and share and comment on the episode. We'll talk soon, friend.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The truth about the Haditha massacre has been covered up, but not anymore. I know you know what happened. They went into houses and killed women and children. What are you thinking? What a mess. U.S. Marines murdered innocent civilians in cold blood. And at the center of it all is 25-year-old Sergeant Frank Wooderick. And me. Murder in House 2. A new podcast from Crowd Network. 